Well, hello everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Cafe Fortitude Podcast. My name is Pei and I'll be your host. In today's episode, we'll be discussing identifying and overcoming self-limiting beliefs. Today's episode is titled Stop Lying to Yourself and that's the habit that we're going to be addressing. Today's episode is also our first chocolate frosting episode, and if you tuned in before, then you understand our yellow cake and chocolate frosting format. If this is your first time listening in, no worries, thanks for joining us. Let's go over it real quick. The yellow cake and chocolate frosting represents the dichotomy of the content that this podcast is meant to deliver to you. The yellow cake represents uplifting, empowering content that may help you build like foundation for when we go into our chocolate frosting episodes. Our chocolate frosting episodes are going to be a little deeper. They're going to ask you to really be introspective. If we think about the chocolate frosting itself, it is deeper in color, it's rich, and it's a little bit sticky. And that represents the type of content that's going to be delivered to you in the chocolate frosting episode. But you know, we can't have one without the other. That's what makes it a bomb-ass cake when we put the two together. And so we're all about creating balance. This gives you the visual cues to be able to listen to what you feel is right for you to listen to that day. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into it, our first chocolate frosting episode. All right, all right. We are back on air. Episode two. How exciting. If you are joining us again, thank you so much for your continued support. I really appreciate all the feedback and love and words of encouragement that I've received in the last several weeks. So I just really want to say I appreciate y'all and much love to you. It really means a lot. And right now we are going to take a moment to pause and check in with ourselves you know, how are you doing? Like, how are you really doing? Uh, So often we just say, oh, I'm fine. Things aren't too bad. I'm okay. I'm all right. But it's really just, we really just kind of gloss things over. So how have you been feeling each day for the last week or since we've last connected? Like, how have you been truly feeling For myself, I've been feeling very analytical and introspective, which I think is healthy at the moment. It's really helping me to uh, work through some things, and I think it's important to be able to separate emotion from your thoughts sometimes, or your ability to analyze a situation, and I think it's actually going to be really appropriate for what we're going to discuss today. So enough about me. Well, at least in this context, I do have to say I'm recording this at night. I tried to record earlier in the day, but I just really, I really cannot. The city is too vibrant, buzzing with energy during that time. It's now 2.30 in the morning and I'm feeling like, okay, this is the time. And I just feel like I do my most creative work or just best work in most tasks at night. So it's really interesting, but it's what works for me. So we're just going to roll with it. I really admire people who can wake up early in the morning and get a lot of work done. It's just not me. I am most definitely a night owl. 
But anyways, we well, uh, 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 you know what? I just caught myself there. That's an appropriate example for what we're going to talk about today, which are identifying and overcoming self-limiting beliefs. And I realize I say limiting kind of weird, limiting, limiting, I don't know, but you guys know what I mean. Okay, here we go, here we go. Let's start out by defining negative limiting beliefs. Negative limiting beliefs are thoughts, opinions, otherwise assumptions, and the perception of ourself, others, and the world around us. And these are believed to be absolute truths. And it otherwise hinders your personal and professional growth. Today, we're going to focus on negative limiting beliefs that pertain to ourselves. So self-limiting beliefs. And they're inherently negative because they prevent us from growing or achieving a goal that we could otherwise achieve if we replaced these negative limiting beliefs with the actual truth instead of the truth that we continue to tell ourselves, which is in fact false. Negative self-limiting beliefs sound like, I do slash I don't, I can't, I must or I must not, I am or I am not, others will, others are, um, And when we bring others into the equation, I mean it in the way of being comparative, comparing yourself to others. And comparison is the thief of joy. I've said it in the first episode, and I'll say it, I'll I'll continue to say it because it absolutely is. I mean, I was just comparing myself to people who wake up and are productive early in the morning Versus at night when, you know, being productive at night is what works for me. It's what feels good for me. So there's really no need to compare and even set limiting beliefs about being able to do something. It's not that I'm not capable of doing it. It's just not what is enjoyable and most efficient and effective, I guess, for me. Let's go over some examples of self-limiting beliefs. I'm going to give you some exercises that you can do to identify your own self-limiting beliefs. But right now, let's just get familiar with what they sound like. One that comes to mind very quickly is when people say, I'm not creative. I can't dance. I can't sing. Oh, you're so brave or kudos to you for doing that. I could never, you know, phrasing like that, that is, those are self-limiting beliefs. And it's important to kind of identify where those come from. Oftentimes, our self-limiting beliefs stem from past experiences or even things that happened during our childhood that are just lay dormant in our subconscious that, you know, are still continuing to affect us to this day. And we just kind of have no awareness of that. But when, when, it, when it comes to identifying these limiting beliefs, it may bring up some memories that you have been have repressed and it can be cathartic but it can also be a little sad sometimes bringing up these memories and you know 
it could be unkind remarks from other people. It could have been something that a teacher told you. It could have been a verbally abusive parent. Um, it could have been jealous friends projecting onto you. Um, these self-limiting beliefs could have come from any sort of remarks from other people. And it could have been even, you know, an ex, something like that. And oftentimes we make the mistake of simply believing what people are telling about telling us about ourselves, especially as a, especially at a young age when we're not really questioning, we just kind of flip into defense mode or it just hurts our feelings and we internalize it and don't really know how to break apart these words that were said to us and find the truth in it and understand that oftentimes it's just out of jealousy or people just straight up being mean, you know, but we are going to help uh, identify these and get rid of these lies that have been programmed into our mind and we continue to tell ourselves. Self-limiting beliefs also come from an exaggerated perception of the success of others. Uh, basically, comparison, as I stated, you know, now with social media, we see it, we know it's fake, yet on a subconscious level, we do still internalize it. We see others <laughs> vacationing, uh, accomplishing life milestones that maybe make us feel as though we're behind or just makes life seem a lot more glamorous than it is. And this this can start to kind of creep into our subconscious minds the more that we take this in. And that's why it's good to have a healthy boundary with social media and maybe take breaks, find ways to stay grounded, find ways to express your gratitude, um, daily, weekly, what have you, just ways that you can stay present in your own life and feel fulfilled in your own life. Lastly, negative limiting beliefs can simply come from pure self-doubt. Someone may have a healthy self-concept, but doubt can still creep in. Doubt and catastrophic thinking. What if this happens? What if that happens? Um, this is the absolute worst. Uh, like perfectionism can be a detriment for sure and this is when we kind of have to pump the brakes and dissect the truth as humans we naturally have a negativity bias and so what this means is that we have a propensity to give more weight in our minds to things that go wrong than to things that go right it can be to the extent that a negative event can really hijack our minds in a way that can be detrimental to our happiness, our health, our relationships, and even our work. Often, we tend to be able to remember traumatic experiences better than positive ones. We recall insults more often than we recall praise. We react more strongly to negative stimuli than positive. You think about when someone gives you a compliment and you say, okay, thank you. And rather when someone insults you and how infuriated you may get. Uh, oftentimes we think about negative things more, more often than we think about the positive. Or think about if you were having a great day at work and then a coworker said something that really upset you and 
you have just been ruminating on it all day to the point that when you leave work and someone asks you how your day is, you respond terrible when in fact your day was in large part pretty good aside from that one incident. Did that one incident really make it terrible? Not really. That's also part of catastrophic thinking. This kind of like all or nothing, basically believing that things are much worse than they actually are. From an evolutionary standpoint, this negativity bias was actually very helpful in terms of survival when it came to, you know, being able to spot danger and be more attentive to negative threats so that way they could continue to survive. So it makes sense why we kind of give more weight to negative experiences. This is just natural for us. But we're going to go ahead and go over some exercises that you can do in order to identify your limiting beliefs. And then we're going to discuss overcoming them. One of the ways that you can identify a self-limiting belief is actually in the moment like I did earlier in the episode The next time you find yourself telling you that you can't do something, you can't accomplish something, stop and ask yourself, is it true or is it a limiting belief? The next time you say to yourself, oh, I've always been this way or this is just who I am, try and catch that thought and let's replace it with something empowering. We want to have a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. So we want to tell ourselves that we can change, we can transform into anything that we set our minds to. Another exercise that I honestly prefer is making a list. You're going to make a list and it's going to have two columns. On one side, you're going to write down all the things you've ever wanted to achieve, all the things you want to do, have ever wanted to do. And on the right side, you're going to write every reason as to why you haven't accomplished it or can't accomplish it. I'll share an example that came up for me. I want to paint an impressionistic painting on canvas. And some of the reasons as to why I haven't done it is that I don't feel as though I can paint, that I have an artistic eye. I feel like an imposter getting the resources because what if I get the equipment and then it comes out terribly? You know, I could make a laundry list of reasons as to why I cannot paint a impressionistic style painting on canvas. But the reality is, I know exactly (laughs) where that limiting belief really stems from as far as this sort of artistic medium of painting and feeling as though I cannot. And I'm just going to go ahead and share from, it was an experience in my childhood when I had a, an art teacher, I'm like deciding if I should say her name or not, but it doesn't matter. So I'm not going to. I had an art teacher that really liked to give us really difficult for elementary school uh, art projects. And whatever we were doing in this little six week period, I was not having the best time in, but I was still putting forth my, my, I was putting my best foot forward and it came time for a progress report. Mind you, when I came to the school, people told me that this art, art teacher would basically pull grades out of a hat. That's what it felt like to everyone because it just seemed so arbitrary. And 
My parents take grades very seriously, so when it came time for progress report, I have no idea where I stand in the class. We're working on this one art project, and then I get a C. <laughs> like, excuse me, a C? I only got like A's in my life at this time, so it just it was perplexing. But so I got a C, and then on top of that mind you, it's a progress report, not a report card. I got grounded for a whole month and I was mocked by saying like, oh, you can't even draw a pony. And it's like, bruh, we are not drawing drawing ponies in art class. And even still, what makes you think it's okay to give a child a C? Like, what are we actually grading here? You know, like it definitely was not technique because I'm going to do the technique that I'm supposed to do but just because it didn't come out to your liking, Miss Gentry, I got a C. But then, and that held <laughs> held in my mind for a long time. Obviously, I can recall it very well. And, you know, fast forward literally a year later, I did a different style painting in class and the same teacher and then she loved it and it's going to the district art show also I did get an A on my report card just so we can circle back to that but um it just wasn't where my talent kind of lied whatever whatever we were doing at the time but still that whole experience of having repercussions for not doing quote-unquote well in an art class at a young age is like it just kind of was very off-putting to the point that in high school when I was allowed to select my classes I chose not to elect art even though I was in the IB program and we had a sixth area that was supposed to be creative and artistic and I said "Mm, I'm gonna take economics because for whatever reason this is the class that you can just take one of and then be done with your sixth area so that's exactly what I did but it also kind of deprived me of some experiences that would have been really nice really helpful but I still can challenge those limiting beliefs around being able to paint a canvas because I'm able to provide evidence for being artistic, for having a creative eye, uh, for being able to learn techniques and learn what supplies I need and um, what I can do should I mess up and such. So yes, there are certainly ways to challenge this thought process and kind of replace that limiting belief. And if it's difficult for you to challenge that negative limiting belief, challenge those automatic thoughts, I'd like you to imagine if a friend had the same self-limiting belief and was in a similar situation, what would you say to that friend? What advice would you give them? And could you give that same advice to yourself? Oftentimes, it's so much easier for us to see others as capable and see their qualities and really believe in them than it is ourselves but you honestly deserve that same love and respect and compassion that you give to others so i've kind of already touched on how you overcome self-learning beliefs but let's break it down the first thing is to create awareness becoming aware of these self-limiting beliefs because sometimes we really are not and they just kind of lie dormant in our subconscious yet still affect how we navigate our lives so you can try Either of those exercises that I listed, either creating a list of where you 
the things you want to do, have wanted to do, and why you haven't done them or why you can't do them, why you feel as though you can't do them, or just challenging your thought process in the moment. Sometimes it can be uh, challenging for us to sit down and have to make a list and reflect on where we feel like we should have uh, gone or things that we feel like we should have accomplished at this point. And um, or it's not to drag down the mood, but it is important to be introspective and really be honest with ourselves. And once you identify these and the, the limiting th- thoughts and behaviors around them, we can start to change them. And so this brings us to the next part of overcoming. After we create awareness, we can use some things from cognitive behavioral therapy in order to change these thoughts. So cognitive behavioral therapy is based on the concept that your thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, and actions are all interconnected and that negative thoughts and feelings can really trap you in a vicious cycle. And so we identify these thoughts and then we challenge these automatic thoughts and replace them with true ones. So we find that lie, the lies we've been telling ourselves, and we replace it with the actual truth after we, we've challenged the thought and come up with evidence for evidence against it. To challenge the thought, you could ask, what is the evidence for this thought? Could I be making any assumptions here? Is this thought based on an emotional reaction or is the evidence right here in front of me? Because in all reality, these are simply cognitive distortions that are either disqualifying positive events, overgeneralizing, mind reading, etc. And so once you ask yourself those questions, provide evidence against it, we are going to work on creating a new narrative. It's important that you are being honest with yourself in the new narrative. You don't want to replace it with something that consists of you lying and telling yourself that maybe everything will be okay. That's not necessarily true. We don't want to create self-deception, but we do want to coach ourselves through difficult situations and emotional reactions in such a way that really focuses on the positive and affirms your ability to affect change within yourself and the world around you. And so you can try just writing the opposite of your negative thought, but if it feels a little too simplistic, you can just dive a little deeper to find what is the truth. So if I go back to my personal example of painting the canvas, I had said that I don't have a creative eye. Well, I'm a makeup artist and I, I do have a creative eye and it just may not look the way the same way as other people's and that's kind of the whole point also i have had artistic success i guess um i still laugh about it a little bit but my painting did go to the district art show and my mom still has it framed and hung up on her gallery wall so it's not just like oh look at the kids stuff it's like nah this is art so that is also evidence for uh well against my original thought but for being able to do something that I set my mind out to do. Practicing self-awareness and radical self-love and self-compassion is going to be really important in overcoming your self-limiting beliefs, but also mindfulness. 
You want to be mindful of the thoughts that are coming into your mind and really question them. Are these true? Instead of just believing every thought that pops up into our mind and believing it as fact or absolute truth, because oftentimes they can be a hindrance if they are not true and just negative self-learning beliefs. And remember, your mind is at your hustler, so your mind is always eavesdropping on your thoughts. And so this is why it's important that we keep our thoughts true. And that helps us to create a healthier self-concept, feel more empowered, and honestly, just eliminate doubt from our minds because that's not where it belongs. We really need to stop lying to ourselves about what we are capable or not capable of doing. And so let's say you go ahead and you... You say that you can't dance, but you kind of can, and you decide you're going to take dance lessons. You know, be proud of yourself, celebrate yourself, love on yourself, show compassion towards yourself in the same way that you would do for a friend. So it's time to be your own biggest cheerleader, love yourself, and respect yourself enough that you will be introspective, uncover some self-limiting beliefs, replace them with truths with the actual truth not the truth that you have allowed yourself to believe for so long and then change it and put it into practice and love yourself as you continue to practice accepting this new thought as the reality you know it does take time to incorporate and replace your automatic thoughts or replace your self-limiting beliefs But if it helps to write it down and go back and look at it as a reminder, that is something I do. I love putting pen to paper and just pouring things out on the page. So that way, if I do need to go back and reflect because I have a million thoughts crossing through my mind, then it's super helpful and I don't have to sit down and redo the entire exercise and think, what was that thought I was supposed to replace this with? Um... Or if you even struggle with anxiety and just kind of need that reassurance, it's there and you can easily go back and check. So I'm going to go ahead and leave y'all with that for today. I hope you enjoyed and I hope that you find some time this week to do some self-reflection and really uncover those self-limiting beliefs. I believe in you. And if you don't already, I hope you start believing in yourself too. brings us to the end of our second episode of the cafe fortitude podcast yet our first chocolate frosting episode thank you so much for tuning in if you enjoyed feel free to subscribe and leave us a review on apple Podcasts and follow us on instagram at cafe fortitude new episodes will be airing every tuesday next week's episode is a yellow cake episode all about dreaming big my name is pay and until next time take care y'all